Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm standing in a doorway of the Biltmore. One side's echoey, the other side's outside, so that's the weird soundscape I'm inhabiting. But I get to talk to Chris Bayo from the Project Bayo and another project. I'd love it if you could introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Chris. I have my Project Bayo, and I'm part of another project called Vampire Weekend. You're in Canada, of course, and you are a big-time Rangers fan. I would love you to geek out for a moment about the Rangers. Gosh, well, they haven't been doing as well. They opened the season so, so well. I mean, I just love Hank. I would love to meet Hank. That would be, uh, like, I wouldn't be starstruck by that many uh, athletes. Very few, but if I met Hank and, like, basked in his aura, that would be uh, incredible. But I would be pretty tongue-tied. Remember, we're on the West Coast now. We so rarely play East Coast anymore. Oh, uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, King, King Henrik. <laughs> I think that we should play a Bayo track. I'm going to play Sister of Pearl. For people who've never heard this project before, how about you prepare them for the song? The song is a throwback, feel-good pop song. I just was trying my damnedest to write something catchy. Earworms galore. I hope I succeeded. Thank you. 
back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Sister of Pearl off the record, The Names, by a guy named Bayo. Bayo, I'd love you to tell me a little bit about writing this track. So, some songs on my record took a really, really long time, and it was a bit like trying to solve a really difficult puzzle. The title track, The Names, it was about five years from when I had the original ideas for it to when I finished. I just kept trying different things. Sister of Pearl came together in one afternoon, sitting at home in front of the piano, and I have close to no memory of it, almost like I was on a songwriting blackout bender. It, it's like I, there's close to no story. It, other than that, I was rolling, and I guess it, it felt, and not rolling in the drug sense, just like rolling in the sense of making music. Moments like that, where music is just coming out of you, they're very hard, and, and I think you're always chasing that as a musician. It's cool that it happened, I guess, uh, a couple years ago, and that the song's out now. You talk about it like it's some sort of rare oasis. You make a lot of music. Yeah, and some of it is, is labored. I don't mind it. I, I like working really hard, but the songs that are really easy, I think that might be the only one. Bale, most people might know you as the bass player for Vampire Weekend. I'm going to get you to tell me the origin story of Bayo in a second, but before you tell me that story, I'd love you to tell me your favorite Vampire Weekend track, and I'm going to play it in the background. You know, it changes from uh, year to year. As of right now, I would say my favorite Vampire Weekend track is Yahe. And uh, that was on our last record, Modern Vampires of the City. It's really fun to play. I think that the production from Ross and Ariel on that track is incredible. I think Ezra's lyrics are incredible. I think CT's drumming's incredible. And I think I did okay on bass. In the dark of this place, there's the glow of your face. There's the dust on the screen of this broken machine. the secret origin of Bayo, the project. I was trying, I, I basically was a, a man with frustration in my life. I had ideas for sounds, but I didn't know the first thing about how to make sounds uh, in the sense of being a producer. I was a bass player, I got to travel the world and play music, but I didn't feel like I really knew how to express myself musically in a way that made me happy. So I started learning. Whenever I was home, I would just sit in front of the computer and record music. It started out very bad, and it got to a place where I didn't think it was bad anymore. I also DJed a lot. I did college radio where I'd play music for zero to three people at 2 a.m. on Wednesday nights. That's where I really learned and, and I guess kind of developed my taste. And there was a rent-a-DJ program where you'd go and DJ student events, and I always liked DJing. So around the time that I was learning to produce, I was DJing a lot and playing out a lot. And basically, when you DJ a lot, you start to think, oh, I love these two songs. I wish the perfect song exists that could bridge them in a DJ set. A lot of the time, the best thing you can do is make that track. So I um, started working on what became my first EP called Sunburn, which was three songs and came out on Greco-Roman, a really great label. At that point, I, I, I knew how to make something that I liked, which uh, I guess would have been the first challenge. 
The next step was to make something with my singing on it that I liked, and that, I would say, took another three years. And um... Okay, hold up. Do you know what I'm going to do at this point? Because you brought up the first EP right now, I think that we should play a track. I'm going to play Sunburn Modern. That's one of the tracks off the Sunburn EP. So to prepare people to hear this track, how about you tell them a bit about it? This was a very difficult song for me to make because it was the first one that I ever finished. And uh, really, it's kind of the sound of me learning how to make a song and uh, tonight I'm going to play my third show on this tour and uh, this tour is the first time uh, we've been playing it live, George, my guitarist and I and it has been a true delight to play that song it's been like getting a hug from an old friend uh, these past couple of nights
to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the song Sunburn Modern off the Sunburn EP by Bayo, who's been sort of tracing the origin of this band. So this is a song off the first EP, no vocals. You're learning to do this project. Please pick up the story. I knew eventually I'd want to write pop songs. I'd want to write songs with verses and choruses. And uh, the challenge there is you need to have both lyrics and a vocal performance. And I started writing melodies, started having ideas, but I didn't know if I would ever be able to sing them and record them in a way that I liked. And I just kept trying. I tried grunting and, and, and enunciating and using different parts of my voice every day, sitting in front of that computer with a microphone, trying different things. And it took a really long time before I got to a point where I could cobble together a vocal performance that I like. When it happened, when it finished, that would have been, you know, summer 2014 and basically looked down and had a record on my hands. I was reading that in the period in between the Sunburn EP and the current record, The Names, that you had to learn a sense of when something's done. I'd love you to talk more about that because I think that's something that all creatives struggle with. I think that it is ultimately a feeling, and this is something that I realized maybe two or three years ago. It's the answer to the question of when is something done. The truth is, something is done when the person who decides whether or not that thing is done decides that it's done, because it's all just a state, um, it's all subjective, it's a process, and it's about the feeling of the creator, I guess. And I gotta jump in and be devil's advocate. You have a successful day job. You could tinker with these songs until the day you die, yes. for argument's sake. So, then this is very, this, I, I'm glad, I appreciate that. And I took a course on mixing and mastering when I was learning how to produce. And the teacher got to this point of like, when is something done? And he said, Every minute you spend on one project is a minute you're not spending on another project. We all have finite time on this planet, and there's only so much music you'll get to make in your life. And that's something that I take to heart. And I know when I've explored something that I want to explore and when I've achieved what I've set out to do at the beginning of making a track, and it really is a feeling. And um, I guess the more music that I produce, the more music that I make, the more confident I feel in knowing that I have that feeling. You've got a day job, Vampire Weekend's a day job. You were in bands before Vampire Weekend as well, so you've had a lot of experience. What's one thing you wouldn't do for this project? I'll ask it this way. What's a rookie mistake you made in the past you'll never make again? Eating a big old meal right before you play and feeling like a hot mess on stage. I think that um, thinking about when you eat and what you eat before you play, that's something you learn uh, the more time you spend in the game and you don't want to be like chowing down on a sloppy joe five minutes before you go on stage because not only are you going to feel terrible and disgusting you're going to let down the people who came to see you play and uh i think that's a, a performer's worst nightmare when i met you you were eating hummus in the backstage so that is okay to eat yeah <laughs> hell yeah so before vampire weekend as i said you fronted other bands Everyone knows you as the basis of Vampire Weekend. Here, you're the front man, so is it like riding a bike? Well, interesting you ask. I never learned how to ride a bike, so I'm not uh, entitled to use riding a bike as a simile or a metaphor. 
because I don't know what that's like. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it, uh, and I haven't found the like transition to be uh, too intimidating or too difficult. Um, I find, honestly, like DJing in some situations to be uh, a bit scarier than singing, and it has to do with the physicality. When you're DJing, you're playing one song and you're queuing up the next song, and a lot of the time there's like four minutes where you're doing a task that takes about 30 seconds. That means there's three and a half minutes where there's literally nothing for you to do. Uh, I sway side to side, I groove, but I'm not really performing in the sense that like playing bass or singing is. And there's some times where like, uh, people are just kind of watching it like it's a performance. That, that's a bit more challenging for me sometimes, I guess. Uh, I, I like singing. I don't mind acting like a fool and embarrassing myself. I love doing karaoke. And uh, this is like my opportunity to do karaoke of something I made. So I think that's cool. All right. I think that it's time to listen to another track. I'm going to play Endless Rhythm off the names. Can you introduce that track for the listeners? Yes, this song is called Endless Rhythm. It's uh, probably my second favorite on the record. And it was inspired by moving to London, feeling the sky in a way that was different from feeling the sky in New York, and seeing a painting by Robert Delaunay that uh, is in the Tate Modern in London. So, uh, hope you like it. Sauce. 
to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Endless Rhythm off the record. The name's by a guy named Bayo. I'm standing halfway between an echoey hallway and a traffic-ridden street. Chris is nice enough to stand here with me because he'd rather be eating hummus, but I'd love you to tell me about writing the track Endless Rhythm. So I was in, I was home in London, had two great friends from New York were staying with my wife and I, and uh, a great thing to do is to take people from out of town to Tate Modern, the modern art museum uh, along the Thames. And I was looking at some art, and I just got very drawn to uh, painting. And I stared at it for maybe five or ten minutes. After taking it in, I was like, all right, what's this painting called? And it's called Endless Rhythm. And I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. That's a musical title for a painting. And it got me thinking a little bit about how people interact with art, how sometimes something will move you and you don't necessarily know why, and how that can be also kind of a beautiful thing. And so I thought I would write a song about that relationship, that relationship between people and art and uh, the emotion of it, I guess. And that's uh, what the song's about a bit. I also was kind of writing it from the perspective of making um, art. It was the last song I wrote for the record. I knew I needed one more pop song on the album for what I wanted the record to be, and it wasn't coming. And that's kind of where the lyric, I can wait for you, comes from. Because, you know, if it were up to me, I'd get up every morning and write a song that I really liked, but I find it can be a bit more fickle than that. And uh, I liked the idea that it had a bit of a romantic overtone, uh, but I'm kind of just singing about waiting for a song to come to finish my album. Yeah, it's a song that I'm really happy with, happy with how it came out. Last question. I'd love to ask you what your favorite side project is by a person who has a 9-to-5 music job. You know, that is a great question, and I would love to comb through everything. Uh, So, Fortet is one of my favorite producers on the planet, and he puts out tracks that are a bit different in vibe than Fortet under the name Percussions. And there was a track called KHLHI that he put out um, like a year and a half ago. And it's one of my favorite tracks that's come out in the last five years. And it's something that I play almost every time I DJ. And uh, I actually went to uh, a club called Ronda in uh, L.A. and saw Cut Copy DJ this past summer. And they played it. And what was really cool is that when the bass line comes in on the track, which is like... A minute in, it's just drums before the bass comes in. The whole crowd started applauding and like whooping. And as a bass player, when a bass line gets introduced and people are uh, applauding it on a dance floor, I think that's like an incredible accomplishment of a track. There have been times when I've played it since then where the exact same thing has happened. And it's just something, you know, groove, it's about that relationship between drum and bass and when they're both together and it like really works that's a beautiful thing chris thank you very much for spending some time with me this evening at the end of the show i let the artist pick one of their own tracks to play what do you choose for us to listen to i will play to say goodnight uh scarlet which is the last song on my album uh i bet that happens pretty frequently but uh it's sort of the end of the names and the end of our time together guys Thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you for having me. This was really, really fun. You're so sweet to say that. 